Welcome to another episode of Dial It Up with Fawaz. And I'll tell you, um, it's been interesting. Dial it up. You like that, right? Dial it up. Let's we have our own in. branding. You like that? Dial it up with Fawaz. Dude, you have more brand. You, you're you're <laughs> one of the well, most well-branded humans I've ever met in my life. Hey, you got to have a brand. It's okay. It's all you good. Got, and I got you tea. I'm sure you like it. I didn't, I, I didn't get a chance to ask you what you wanted. My wife will be happy that you got me tea. Yeah, it's jasmine green tea. No oh, sugar. Great. Phenomenal. Yeah, I got you. No sugar. I wouldn't yeah. do sugar. I'm on a diet, so I can't it, do sugar. It's tea. Tea is yeah. tea is tea as far as I'm concerned. Well, listen, I, I love having you this morning. It's raining outside. It's one yes, of, It is a perfect podcast day. Like the weather, we have the window out there. I wish we can show our viewers the window. And we have you, Mr. I, Bill Emerson. <laughs> I think the window's a little better than that, <laughs> but, you know. But, but thank you, sir. It's good to be here. Yeah. So, Bill, listen, um, I want... Look, uh, it's been an interesting uh, three, four weeks now. Mm. You're back, uh, and, and we love it. We appreciate you. Uh, it's only been two weeks. Been it has been two weeks? Thing. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to get with you, and I feel like uh, it's important for our team members uh, and everyone around to just get to hear from Bill Emerson. So we're going to spend about 30 minutes. I have some questions, but please, I wanted this to be a conversation between me and you. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a lot of, when I look at the tenure, of our company, we have a lot of newer folks to join us. That's a fact. And tenure, I mean, when you think about it five years ago, is a lot higher than where it's at today. Yep. And there's not a lot of people that know, there's few people that know who Bill Everson is. I think there's more people than you think, but I would tell you there's a, a That's large, why I changed it. Large, not a lot. I said large population people. that uh, only knows me through urban legend. Yeah. So maybe we can just take a moment, just talk about you for a little bit. Like, who's Bill Emerson? How long you've been with the company? So you want to make this as difficult as possible. I'm trying to make it easy. I know, but I have some questions. I'll tee you up, but I need this. (laughs) I kind of need it. I'm just teasing you, man. This floor is yours. floor is me. What do you want? Oh, who's Bill Emerson? By the way, this is a great color on you, man. Thank you. It matches the sneaker. You are. It's really good. So, um... I am someone who just celebrated their 30th anniversary with the organization. I started on February 1st, 1993 as a mortgage banker at a company called Rock Financial. I actually answered an advertisement in a newspaper for this job. True story, I uh, I got the interview because on the bottom of my resume, it said 1982 Penn State National Champion. That is the reason I got the interview. Anyway, was a mortgage banker here for about two and a half years and then uh, asked Dan to have a meeting and said, uh, I'd love to do more in the organization. I think I can. Uh, but you know what? At the end of the day, you see what's going on. You know what the sh- you, you call the shots. So um, if you see something, let me know. Came back to me and said, I want you to pilot this thing called Mortgage in a Box. Mortgage in a Box was the way of doing business uh, over the phone. Right? We were not meeting with people yeah. face-to-face. It was the beginning of the foray of what we then called web centers and what we now are today for Rocket Mortgage. Did that for a bit, um, went back over and uh, ran a branch system for a little bit. And then in 2000, I think it was in 2000, Dan and Pat McInnes and Jay Farner asked me if I would go run mortgage operations. After a few uh, conversations, I decided I would take that on, which was probably the best thing I could have done because it taught me about the organization in a more broad fashion. Became the CEO of the company on February 1st, 2002. I did that for 15 years. At that February point, February 1st is a good date for you. It's an interesting date. Not only so, not only is it my start date um, and the day I became CEO, it's also my best friend's birthday. It's also the day my dad my dad passed away. So it has a very very uh, important implication for me in my life. It's crazy how the universe works. 
Um, anyway, decided it was time to step back. Um, there was another guy uh, by the name of Jay Farner who was ready to take the reins. And um, it had been a long run. And I said, I said to Dan at the time, I said, who runs a company of this size for 15, size for 15 years anymore? Nobody does. So it worked out. I said I could stay. I could go. He wanted me to stay. So I became the vice chairman of the company and spent a lot of time on uh, government affairs, industry relations stuff, senior leadership stuff. Spent a couple of years at Bedrock helping out over there. Um, so, you know, I mean, been all over the place. But uh, married, have two kids. Daughter is a junior in college. I have a son that's a junior in high school, will be a senior in the fall. Um, you and I have spent a lot of time together having fun with high school football, which is I was gonna ask very you important. Football. Very important. But, you know, I, I'm a family guy. People, you, people ask me about hobbies. I swing the golf club, but I don't play golf much anymore. I don't have time. Um, so it really is um, my family and spending time with them, and um, you know it's it's the it's the, it's the most important thing. Um, you know, second is the business. But um, so that's I mean I could tell you all kinds of stories, but that's a little bit about me. Well, I want to go back to two things. Um, you answered a newspaper ad. Mm -hmm. What were you doing before? Like in so I uh, graduated from Penn State. In 1985, I moved to Chicago in 1986, had a sales job, then got into the bar restaurant business, left there and came to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and I was working at Domino's Pizza's world headquarters on a tax credit program that the federal government um, had in place that gave tax credits to organizations who hired people between the ages of 18 and 22. Domino's hired a lot of people between the ages of 18 and 22. Uh, so I was doing that when I answered the ad, um, and I was looking for something different. I was looking for a sales job, um, and it just so happened that mortgages would in, would combine sales and I had a finance degree from Penn State. So I, I was able to com combine those two things, and it seemed like a decent thing for me to do. I want to go back. You you mentioned that you asked for a meeting. You were you were in banking. Mm -hmm. You were a banker, and then you asked for a meeting with Dan, and you said you want to take on more responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Can you walk me through that? Because like I feel like that was a that was a defining moment in your career. Career, you made a decision yeah. to meet with them. Like like what made you? Like what caused you to make that decision? And and what what like at what point? Like how long were you in banking yeah. before you went to ask them for a meeting? So um, I'm a I'm a person that believes um, change is the only way you can grow. And I uh, came in here and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a team person by nature. I, I, I like teams. Um, I like being involved in teams. Mortgage banking can be more of an individual uh, sport at times, right? You're yeah. really working on your business. You're really helping your clients, even though they're the company's clients. At the end of the day, it's how you as an individual perform. And after about two years, I started to realize that I had spent way too much time worrying about me and not enough time doing what I really like to do, which is interacting with teams and, and helping to build teams. And so I figured I got nothing to lose. Um, you know, we're a smaller organization at the time. By the way, when I started here, we had 25 mortgage bankers in the company. Incredible. Um, so a couple years after, I'm like, you know, I got nothing to lose. I'll ask Dan for a meeting, you know. I mean, he was always accessible and he agreed. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to find an opportunity to help in any way that I could. And you know, when you think about our organization back then, I think our average age at that time was about 24. Um, and I joined the organization when I was 30. So I had some, you know, I had some more seasoning and I thought I could, I could lend a hand and, and help build teams. And, you know, that's ultimately what happened. Um, nine years to the day, I became the CEO of the company. So That's yeah. awesome. That's incredible. Well, listen, 30 years. I mean, that, 
it's a journey. It's an incredible journey. I'm sure you've seen some highs. I'm sure you've dealt with some lows. Uh, let's start with highs, like like some high, like moments in your career, like some yeah. moments in your career where like okay, these these were moments where we were winning. Uh, there were the highest moments, like highest points in your career, things you've actually accomplished and achieved. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really think about it that way. Um, I really haven't accomplished anything um, because a human being can't accomplish anything by themselves, right? So it's all about the team. It's all about um, the group of individuals that are r rowing in the same direction. Um, you know, when I think about, uh, this will sound crazy, but when I think about 2007 and 2008 when, um, you know, the Great Recession and the, the market absolutely just imploded, um, we, had, we were on a fiscal year at that time from August through July. And 2007 and August was when, I, July and August was when all hell broke loose. Yeah. That 12 month period, even as crazy as things were, we figured out a way to break even that year. And that was, I thought that was a phenomenal accomplishment for the organization. Um, you know, we, we've had tremendous highs. I mean, the, the, the rolling out of Rocket Mortgage, um, you know, really getting to a place where we were the number one lender in the country. Um, you know, and then I think about, um, you know, J.D. Power and winning that 11 years in a row, right? And then, and then we just, we lost it for a year, and then we got it back because that's who we are. We're resilient, and we're trying to, to always find better ways to do things. Um, you know, but, but more importantly, the relationships and um, the outcomes that we have been able to affect for human beings who have come to work at this organization. Um, I've built tremendous friendships, but I've also watched people grow in ways that they probably never believed they could grow when they first came in the front door of this place. So, you know, those are the things, when I really boil it all down, it, it's seeing the growth of people in this organization, seeing the opportunity, seeing the fact that we've been able to move to the city of Detroit and have an impact on a great American city and all the progress that we've made to be able to do that. And then getting hit with a pandemic and watching that pandemic affect some of the work that we have been, have been doing in Detroit and yet fighting through that and continuing to, to affect the outcome for Detroiters. Um, you know, that, that, that may be the, the proudest thing. Uh, and I know it, you know, when, when I talk to Dan, I mean, that's the thing that, that he thinks about as much as anything these days is how do we continue to affect that outcome? Uh, for the cities that we live, work, and play in. So, um, you know, so many things that, that, you know, we could talk about, but, you know, when you really boil it all down to it, to me it's all about how human individuals in an organization can uh, achieve, succeed, and then carry that forward to their communities, to their families, um, and make a difference. Yeah, it's awesome. When I think about us, like 30,000 strong, but we're more than that where people that were not just the folks to work with us and we get to work with, it's their families, it's the community, it's the people that we get to impact every single day. And it's, it's, it's partners too, right? I mean, we've yeah. got all kinds of partners out there, we've got all kinds of broker partners yeah, out there. Absolutely. Right? I mean, so it's a really an extended family. For sure. You talked about the pandemic, and I'll tell you, last couple of years, pandemic, and it was just, by the way, I was literally just having a conversation with my sister. First, when COVID just started, I mean, you had your groceries delivered to someone would park on the street. You won't even let them get on your driveway. Can you imagine? That was two years ago. And then we saw the market. The market changed. And 2022 was not very gentle. Mm -hmm. um, we're seeing some momentum. Like, things are shifting a little bit. Not, like, not a lot, but you're seeing some changes. Sure. What are your thoughts, like, on where, what 2023 versus 2022? 
You know, it's early, and, and I've been back involved for a couple of weeks, so I'm not sure I can prognosticate a whole lot for you. Um, you know, I mean, 2022 was a, a really interesting year. When you when you see yourself with rates at 25 to 3%, and then about six, eight months later, they're as high as 8 I've never seen that happen in my career. The only time I saw something similar was 1994 when rates were around 7 and they went to 10 in about five months. Um, had a similar uh, impact, right? It just caused um, refinances at that particular point to kind of dry up, and you really had to focus on purchase and, and do a lot of the things that's happening in the, mor- in yeah. the marketplace today. You know, I don't, I don't know that 23 is going to be any easier than 22. Um, I was just looking at something over the weekend, and, you know, the, the economy uh, is not slowing quite the way the Fed thought it was going to. I think the Fed's going to have to continue to raise interest rates, um, you know, there's a decent chance if that happens, you're going to push the or- the country into a recession at some point. Um, I'm not even sure that, that housing isn't starting to get itself there because of what's happened from an interest rate perspective. So, you know, I, I'm not much of a prognosticator. What I want to do is make sure that we as an organization are blocking and tackling every day um, and that we're executing on our business plan. And if we do that and we do it well, um, everything else will take care of itself. That's awesome. Uh, I've heard you before say, listen, have a belief system and stick to it. That's like uh, several times I've heard you say it. Like, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Like, what's your belief system? Like, what's Bill Emerson's belief system look like? Well, so first of all, that that comes from uh, our isms. My favorite ism is you will see it when you believe it. Um, And I just don't believe that you can do anything without having a belief system, that you believe in yourself, first of all. Um, believing in yourself doesn't mean you're arrogant or cocky. It just means that you have an inner, uh, an inner compass that you realize if you put the effort forth um, that you will be able to succeed. And, and I've always believed that if, if you do the right things, sooner or later things will work out. Um, I also believe that what goes around comes around, right? And so how do you treat people? Um, and making sure that um, you're, you're, thinking, you're, you're thinking about the human beings that you interact with every single day. I mean, to me, it's about, all about servant leadership. I don't care what happens to me. What I care about is how we perform as an organization and how the people inside of the organization um, are able to thrive. Uh, and so, you know, if, if we do those things, we'll be, we'll be successful. And, and so I think anybody who's ever built anything great has had a belief system deep inside because the world, and, and more so now than even, you know, years ago when I used to start thinking about this, uh, the naysayers of the world exist everywhere. Negativity is all over everywhere. the place. People yeah. would be happy to take you down, drag you down, right? And and find every reason in the world why what you're doing is dumb. You shouldn't be doing it. They'll give you excuses of to course, why you shouldn't do it. Of course. That. And so I mean, if you can't have a belief system in what you're trying to accomplish and help other people um, have a similar one in an organization, it's going to be really hard to succeed. So um, you have to be able to ignore noise. It's another one of our isms. You have to know the difference between things that are real and things that be to be focused on and those that are just noise, those that are just trying to drag you down. Uh, and so that's why belief systems matter. A positive belief system matters. The ability to um, continuously have the right perspective on what's going on. We as human beings lose perspective all the time. And so part of our, I think part of our responsibility is to pick each other up. You know, if we see somebody who's kind of going down a path where they just have lost that perspective, how can we affect that? How can we help them get back on track? So that's, you know, I, 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 that's how I think. I, I believe in this organization. I believe in what we're capable of doing. 
regardless of the results, right? And, and if, if you don't have that at the core, none of the rest of the results are going to matter because you'll never you'll never achieve your full potential. That's well said. Um, I was talking to our sales team earlier this morning. We do our sales call every Monday. You mean that it, one you wanted me to join you on? I tried. You, like, you get me to come in, but I'm doing the podcast because i got think, nothing else going on in the world except hanging out with you all morning. Hey, <laughs> since you're going to do so, you left me. You, you left me. Uh, what do you call it? You left me hanging. You didn't reply no, to my text. I did reply to you. No, text. you did not. Yes, I, did. I said I was hoping. I said, yeah, right. And my, that, that when you got my response, my response was not responding to the second part because there was no way I was going to make it. Because you didn't appreciate it. No, just, <laughs> so, I always appreciate it. So, like, talk, I, love, I love the, uh, I love the, you know, it's, it's the Wayne Gretzky. That's 100% of the shots you never take, right? Yeah. Look, I, I'm grateful that we have you for the 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Look, um, Speaking of perspective and like really, sometimes you have to think about things, appreciate what you have. Mm -hmm. This morning I shared with our sales team, I drive every single morning on the lodge and then I, I, I take the exit, the Howard exit, and there's the bookstore on the corner, the King bookstore. Yep. And every morning around 5.30, 6, there's, there's a homeless person sleeping under the awning of that bookstore. Every single morning. And, and every time I'm like, man, it's so, like, it, it just, it's like, it's like God's message to me every morning to realize like what I have and appreciate what I have. Today, I was running late and I pulled up on that exit around 7 a.m. and this person was picking up. Like it was the first time I've ever seen this person awake. And he was picking up his stuff, but I'm telling you, I was amazed by the details. Like I literally sat at the light watching this person pick up his blanket, fold it neatly, fold all his stuff in that literally two by two. Mm -hmm. Like not even, like no, no human should ever live in that spot. But he was so careful to pick it all up. And at that moment, I'm like, this person appreciates what you have. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch someone banging on the door mad or anything. No, it was someone that was really, really taking care of what he had. Kept swept, like watch him clean up where he stayed. And that person appreciated what he has at that moment. Right. And a lot of times, like we get so busy and we get we go into this world where we don't see the positive things about life and the things that we have. And and you know what? It sometimes it's good to take time to just reflect on how blessed we are in life. Yeah. Listen. I mean, you you've got a good life story yourself. Um, and so, it's interesting if you take that story and 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 just realize um, how many other humans in the world wouldn't have that perspective. They wouldn't think yeah. about it that way. Um, and, and that, that person has every right to feel poorly about themselves or to be a victim or, but that's not the way they were behaving in, in your eyes. Right. And so, you know, it, it's one of the things that, that keeps me awake when I think about where we are as, as, um, as a society, right? I mean, it's a very, very narcissistic, it's all about me society. And, you know, we lose when that happens because we, we keep others out of our purview and, and we, we have the wrong perspective. And so one of the things I've always said and always believed back to belief systems, um, be grateful, but unsatisfied. Yeah. Every day there is something to be thankful for. Every single day. Absolutely. Even when you're having the worst day of your life, you if you pause at the end of the day and go, do I have anything to be thankful for? The answer is yes. Find it. Because if you find that, it gives, it will help bring back that perspective, right? And then the unsatisfied part is realize every single day that as a human being, you can always improve. You can always get better. 
sometimes that ca- that means looking in the mirror and, and taking stock of yourself and how you're operating and how you're behaving and asking yourself if that's serving you best and serving the people that you interact with every single day the best. Because whether we like it or not, um, how we show up, how we carry ourselves, our attitudes affect all of the people around us. And, you know, why cause anybody else any more angst or pain based off of your behavior? Bring them along with you and help them get better simply by you having a positive attitude. And, I, you know, some people will say, ah, it's a bunch of crap. You believe what you believe. I'll believe what I believe. Um, and I know what's worked for me. Yeah, yep. so true. Uh, going back, look, it's been two weeks, interim CEO of Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the role look like for you? Like, I know you're still thinking about the role, but, like, what do you envision the role look like? What is, like, one thing you want to tackle or one thing you're excited about? Listen, it's uh, it's uh, CEO, CEO, right? So... Um, for me right now, it's just getting reacclimated. I mean, having lots yeah. of conversations, taking a look at the organization. Um, there's so many good things that are going on with this place, um, you know. And so, to me, that's that's incredible, right? Regardless of the marketplace. I mean, we have, you know, we've done some phenomenal things. We've really integrated at Rocket Money. I mean, you know, we have done a great job building the rewards program, and we got other things that are coming as a result of that. We got the mortgage company scrapping every single day. Um, you know, and so, and, and plenty of other folks in this company that are trying to find ways to continue to uh, add and improve. You know, I, I think as always, what I would think about this organization, you know, Jay was, Jay laid out five things to, to think about at the last uh, update, and those are all good things. Actually, two of those things I would translate into isms. Um, every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, and we are the they. And I think those are two, two very important ones. But I kind of think about the organization right now in three ways. What's best, it's an outcome-focused event. What's best for the company, what's best for our team members, and what's best for our clients. And if we keep those three things in mind, I actually think that's a virtuous cycle, right? Um, You know, realizing what's best for the organization um, is the starting point. And then if we take care of our team members, they'll take care of our clients. If we take care of our clients, our clients will take care of the organization because they'll want to do business, they'll want to refer other people to do business. And by the way, client is a broad term, right? We have the clients that we literally interact with every single day yeah. that we're doing mortgages for. We have client, we have real estate agents who are clients that we're interacting with every day, whether that be homes or whether that be mortgage. Um, we have the, our broker partners that Absolutely. are clients, right? I mean, so so clients is a, is a bigger... Um, term or has a different definition than it may have had for us in the past. and But it, it, it's all relevant, right? I mean, we've got to keep all of our constituents in mind. And if we do those things and we do them well, um, then, you know, we will we will succeed in the long run. It may be difficult in the short run, but we will succeed in the long run. And that's going to be the, the, that's going to be the three pillars I really try to focus on as I get more acclimated and, and Jay and I work on the transition, um, you know. And, and frankly, at the end of the day, it's probably where my strength lies. Company, team member, and client. Uh, I'm going to give a plug to Rocket Money. I actually received my Rocket Money card. Well, look at and, you. But man. here's the, I'm serious. You're talking about the credit card. Yeah, credit card. Mm-hmm. But Bill, I'm not joking. I, I, have a, I have a good card here, and I got it into very nice packaging, but I was shocked to the packaging. Yeah. It was a little like, it was like a note card. 
And then when I opened it, it like pulled, it, I mean, I looked at it and I, I literally, as soon as I saw it, I laughed because I know who we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, of course we're gonna do this. But it, I've never seen anything like, like it was it was incredible. So a plug for Rocket uh, Money. Ah, you know, that's the 20th ism, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, the packaging is as important as the content. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, do you have the card? I do not. Can, I, I was going to compare limits, but I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I do not. When you do, I'm in the know. process. Man. I, if I'm you want, I know someone. I can help you out. No, I, I got you. That. Thank All right, let's. <laughs> it's always you're just like you're a giving I'm kind guy of guy, guy, man. I'm guy or guy. <laughs> Listen, culture is everything. We know that. I I know you're a huge champion of culture. Uh, what do you think? Like when it comes to culture, like why do you think culture is so important in any organization? You know, I, the way I think about it, uh, and I've said this for years, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, you can have the greatest strategy, you can have the greatest technology. It still comes down to the humans who are um, interacting with it, building it, creating it, um, and how they feel about what they're doing, how they feel about the place that they work. And that's what culture is. And if you do it right, and, and people see that culture in literally in living color every single day, um, then it helps guide them in the path that they, they're going down. And, and when Dan created the originalisms and, and we talk about this culture, the reason for that was that at the end of the day, we all run out of time. There's only 24 hours in a day, right? And so if you're going to have a large organization trying to move in a direction, how do you get them grounded in what the right things are to focus on when you can't be everywhere? Right? And, and you really want an organization to function bottoms up, top down, all the way through the middle. And that's a culture. And that's uh, you know, creating the vision of who we are as an organization and who we are is defined by those, those isms and that culture. So that when you make a decision, you ask yourself, does, that, does it align with who we are? And if the answer is yes, go do it. And if it doesn't align with who we are, and we've defined who we are, right, in, in those 20-isms and, and the presentations that we do for people that when they come in the door, um, then change it so that it is who we are and then go do it. Um, and that's an, it, it empowers the team members to create, to think, and it doesn't have to just come down to the two eyeballs of the CEO, as Dan would say, the two eyeballs of the CEO or the two eyeballs of the chairman, right? You want everybody involved in the process. So great. Two questions for you. Last two. One piece of advice for leaders, team members from Bill Emmers. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, actually, I would I'd cascade back to what I just talked about with co- uh, outcomes, company, um, team members, and clients, and, and really, really making that our focus um, as leaders. And, you know, as leaders, probably our biggest focus and our biggest client is our team member, right? How do we interact with them? Yeah. How are we helping them grow? Um, are we helping them overcome obstacles? Um, are we showing them how to overcome them themselves so they become better at it, right? Because a lot of times, you think about it from a parent's perspective. You know, If you knock down every roadblock that your kid ever has to face so they never have to face adversity, it's gonna be real hard to real. live in the real world, right? Yep. Um, and adversity is a part of life and, and how you deal with that, how you approach that, your mentality to approaching that, uh, your attitude towards approaching that will say everything about your ability to survive. Uh, And I think, you know, when you think about it from a leadership perspective, it's it's that push-pull of how do I help, but how do I not help too much, right? How do I listen, but how do I create an opportunity for that person to flourish? 
And um, you know, if we if we really keep that in mind, if we really realize that as leaders, we are here to help our team members uh, achieve and grow, um, then we will be okay. And you know, people when when people find success, they feel better about everything. So let's help them find success wherever yeah. we can. And it isn't going to be like that every single day. There's going to be days where we have to go home and go, got to check myself, right? It wasn't, yeah. it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great day. And that's where the grateful but unsatisfied comes in because you can find something in that day that you can build off for the next day in a positive way. Yeah, it's all about how you see things and how you think about things. There's always something good that you can find if you really want to look for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, but you, to but you, have to, you have to want to. Dan yeah. used to say, you know, you got to be open for business. right? I, I've said That's for good. years, feedback is a gift, right? But it's only a gift if you're willing to take it. To receive it. Right? Yeah. To, to leave the emotion out of it yes. and ask yourself, well, I'm getting it for a reason. What can I do with this? Right? If I'm an outcome-focused human being, right, and I'm not concerned about my own agenda, an individual agenda in an organization Unless that individual agenda is absolutely aligned with the company outcome, it, it's almost irrelevant, right? Because that you, you have to figure out a way to move forward. Um, and I said this before, row in the same direction, right? And if you do that, man, are you a powerful organization. Speaking of feedback, Chad Weinbaum taught me, I, I, I mean, it's hard. Do you want feedback? But sometimes it's all, all human beings. You don't. Want, you. It's hard when you get the feedback. So Chad, why? Well, ask I'm, yourself why though. Why is it hard? Why is it hard? Why do we? Why do we resist? Why you let your emotions get in front of you and stuff. So Chad once taught me, like, hey, if you received feedback, don't even th answer or even react, and sleep on it for twenty four hours. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, for anyone that's listening, like if you do that, your answers will be a lot different. Your thought process is different because you're not as emotional as yep. when you were getting that feedback. It's great. Pause, think, and act. Yes, sir. All right, last question. If you thought that was a good question, I have a great question for you. One piece of advice we'll that's for Mike Falas. One piece of advice uh, for Mike Falas. You need more branding. <laughs> no one knows who you are, man. You have got to work on your brand. You've got to come up with some more tchotchkes and stuff to show people who you are. But listen, I, I, all seriousness, um, you know, you're one of those people who truly does get humans. You do get the fact that whether it be your team members, whether it be the broker partners, um, how important those relationships really are. And, and frankly, that's probably one thing that you know I missed in this conversation, is especially as it relates to leaders. Relationships are critically important, yeah. right? Developing relationships with the people that you interact with, developing relationships with your partners and clients, um, understanding them, you know, it, it's, it's everything. And Again, in society today, we don't necessarily spend as much time on that, right? Everybody wants to spend their time on their phone or their social media app or get themselves in their own little cocoon. Um, but at the end of the day, when the chips are down and you need help and you need the ability for others to participate, if you don't have any relationships, you got nobody to call. You got nobody to, to, to have you come to have come, you know, give you a little bit of help. And so, um, very, very critically important relationships in life. Bill, thank you. I appreciate you, really. It's been fun. Uh, I love talking to you, spending time with you. I mean, seriously, it's knowledge. You're a very humble person. Um, thank you. And I appreciate that. I really do, a lot. Yeah, listen, man. Um, I'm just another human being like everybody else. We all, you know, we, we have very, very similar things. It's, uh, the Maya Angelou um, quote is one of my favorites. We are more alike, my friends, than we are unalike. And... Um, 
if we actually all thought that way a little bit more, we'd probably all be in better, uh, better shape and better off. Absolutely. Well, that's it for us. Uh, another episode of Dial It Up with Fawaz. Appreciate you all. And as always, let's dial it up. Boom shakalaka. Thank you.